Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm Richard Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to pose the question of what happens between lives. We hear a lot about this life, past lives, future lives, but we, and even parallel lives, but we don't hear a lot about what actually happens to us when we cross over between that time and when we are born anew, if mm -hmm. you believe in past lives or in future lives. Well, yes, quite naturally, it's mm -hmm. the sequence until you graduate the wheel of karma, as they say, hmm. which is where you figure all this out. And figuring it all out is another program completely. So what happens when you are between the lives is um, a long and complex thing. It's going to depend upon the individual, but you um, go and you meet the cast of characters that have made up this life only you get to meet them as a soul and then you can uh, begin to figure out <coughs> why these people were put on your path and uh, seriously figure it out without all the down here stuff in the way. Mm -hmm. Well, I've had the benefit of speaking to, and I know a lot of people may not believe in this and that's okay, everybody's entitled to their beliefs, but I have spoken with thousands, let's say, of people after they have crossed over. Um, You're very good at that. In readings for, for people uh, where they connect. And I've gotten a, a, a pretty interesting picture of the mapping of where we go, what we do after we pass. I know you take people between lives in a, on a journey so they can remember their in-between lives and what they do there. And, and you're right, it's as unique as each individual is. Our beliefs create our reality. It also creates our afterlife reality for a time. And the beliefs soon, well, soon for some, it takes a while for others to fade. I have talked with people, spirits, uh, aspects of people, whatever we want to call people's soul, that, that still carry for just a short time some of the beliefs that they held while in physical, and I, I still believe that the more you can deal with your life here, the easier your transition into the afterlife will be. Absolutely. That's what the Toltecs uh, called the benefit of recapitulation uh -huh. or soul retrieval. You go back and deal with the things so that you don't have to have your uh, life felt, uh, flash before your eyes. You know how they used to do that on the, all the Gilligan shows and everything. Oh, yeah. oh, my life's passing before my eyes. Well, I think what essentially that means is if we deal with our life as it comes up, meaning dealing with the emotions, dealing with the issues that come up, that when you cross over, you're not going to spend that time dealing with it. You're, you'll just spring consciously into this afterlife. And I've had a lot of experiences of my own, and I know you've had a lot that, that you have seen with other people going on journeys there. Oh, yeah, it's an absolutely fascinating process. Um, some years ago, I came to the conclusion that um, what we're calling senility is actually that process beginning. Uh, in other words, we've, we're kind of kept alive um, longer than we might have without offending anyone. Uh, and then as we become senile, that's the beginning of the transition where you are recapitulating, as you just said, 
and um, starting to uh, piece together uh, what this life really was. Yeah, yeah, I came to that conclusion a long time ago as well. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, my theory of Alzheimer's was, mm -hmm. was kind of reviewing things. Um, and I found that the longer it takes for one to pass is uh, often a direct relationship to how afraid they are to, to pass. Yeah, to the resistance mm -hmm. they mount. They mm -hmm. yeah. I had, uh, I don't, <clears throat> I think you had said that, uh, I mean about Alzheimer's or whatever that was. Oh no, I think Senility. you observed it too, that's fine. Yeah, I think uh, we I, both No, did. I think we, we um, are agreement, in agreement there because yeah. Because it really is uh, a time of recapitulation where you mm -hmm. review your life and either you do it consciously or unconsciously. And I'm yeah. sure there are many, many different reasons. But it is the processing that you do mm -hmm. at a certain place mm -hmm. while you're on the other side, mm -hmm. uh, only it's not, um, uh, there's no negative connotation to it whatsoever. It's, it's done as groups. You, you're actually with the people that had the experience. You get to see it from different points of view, mm. their points of view, because the same um, event has <coughs> as many points of views as there are observers of the event, each one being valid. That's the uh, interesting thing about uh, television, in that um, if you watch a particular show, uh, the brain doesn't know particularly that you're watching a show, you're just having an experience. Yeah, and some of them we could do without and in a, in a That's big for way. Sure. Yeah, but uh, so you get to, um, uh, we agree to have a lot of experiences in a given lifetime, and you can have them by watching them on TV, interestingly enough. And you, we've seen television, not our program, of course, but we've seen television have profound effect, you know, as you become very empathetic towards uh, whatever the character is in the movie, or if someone, uh, in the movie um, ceases their incarnation, you kind of go through that same grieving process, you know, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, but it's safe because it's over there and it's on TV. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're... Uh, so in a way, it's a sort of practice mode for us. And in that way, kindred to the belief, uh, between life experience because the... Uh, um, conversations and the planning that goes on, we've leaped ahead, uh, but the group that you're going to incarnate with are all going to choose different roles and incarnate, each playing a different role from the life before, so that everybody gets a place in every slot over and over and over again till you catch on to what's really, really going mm -hmm. on there. Well, I think, um, yeah, that's, that's really true. I have um, a memory of my own, which you know I've said on the show before, so I'm sure a lot of people have heard it, but I had a, a memory, a very clear memory of my past lives mm -hmm. and, and in-between lives mm -hmm. and the state I was you know, expanded into during that time, ever since I can remember. And that memory was of sitting on this being's lap, so to speak. I wasn't in physical form, obviously, but I just was in this large expanded state. I felt bigger than solar system kind of feel. And there was this map book, this huge map book being opened. And I remember just making oh, yeah. all these selections. Mm -hmm. That part was very fuzzy um, or, or less, less focused, but I could still remember it clearly, not, not like a fuzzy memory. But 
uh, and it kept drilling down, so to speak, until I saw the solar system and I, I remember picking the Earth. And um, on the Earth, I put my finger or I remember my attention being drawn right to the DC area. And so I knew I was going to come there. Mm -hmm. And there was another awareness, I'm not sure if it was in that moment or whatever, but it was almost like uh, being pulled down, pulled down into a situation. Uh, I do have memories of my birth and four months old that can be substantiated oh, yeah. and things like that. And I just remember when I was four years old, three and a half or so, I was sitting in a sandbox and I started forgetting why I came here. I was really in a panic as I realized I was forgetting. I knew why I picked my hair color, my birth order, all these things. It was very specific and it felt very natural and real. And I think we all have that same experience, only I remember the forgetting. And that allowed me to keep tapped into that. But when I talk to people that have passed, often uh, I'll, I'll work with someone through mediumship f and visit, you know, or, or have the session about someone or, or someone will come through. And then they may come back sometime later and that person will come through again. And I can always see a, a, a progression with that person mm -hmm. in what they've resolved and there's always a great understanding the moment someone crosses over passes on whatever we want to say mm -hmm. there's always a greater understanding of their whole life their awareness and their relationships with the people and their feelings really do ascend to a higher level right then but the more you go they get higher and higher and they even appear to me as higher and higher up in the room mm -hmm. and that tells oh, me it tells me just as a symbolic language where they are at and it always brings a great understanding of what's going on in life and they often will have a, a, a wise understanding of circumstances in the lives that they shared with the person I'm sitting with mm -hmm. to share. So there is a great, great education mm -hmm. and awareness or epiphany time between lives that I've noticed. Yeah. Well, you have a very clear perception of things. I've never really met anyone else that has that level of well, understanding. Sure there, there are plenty, but I do have a lot of I years of experience yeah, with this, yeah. and yeah. It's, uh, it's fascinating to me. I would really love to write out a map of what I perceive that place to be. Oh, yeah. And I know you probably putting together a lot of pieces of that puzzle doing that work with people. Yeah, there's quite a bit to it. You reminded me of a story where there was uh, uh, two brothers, one was age three, the other was age five, and the five-year-old uh, wanted to be alone with the uh, younger brother, and the parents went, you know, what's with that? And uh, so the parents agreed to it, and they had the baby monitor on, and the older child asked the younger child, what's God like? I'm already beginning to forget just what you said a little while mm -hmm. ago. Oh, I remember that story. Right, right. Yeah. That really went around. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, very true. And uh, uh, at age 65 now, I think I am, I wouldn't mind knowing a little bit more about what God is like in, uh, you know, in filling hearts and things like that. But um, interesting that... Uh, so these, these spaces between the lives are uh, like every, 
100% of everything is education. You can find no exception to that anywhere, which is uh, so ironic because people think they're done being educated when they get out of school. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> interesting planet, fairly corrupt in its own way. But uh, this idea of um, finding, um, there's a, everything is education, therefore there is no such thing as a test. It's only more education. The word test is a kind of um, bitter piece of language for us because we, you know, pass, fail, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, something we could step aside, it's just going to be more education no matter what you do. Wow. Well, you know, I, I think uh, there was something I was going to say about um, what, what you, were you just saying about? Uh, there's no such thing as a test. It was a trick prior played. Prior to that. Uh, the five-year-old and the three-year-old. Yeah. Everything is education. There are no exceptions. No mm -hmm. matter what it is, it's education. Yeah. Yeah, it was something about, I, I just wrote down the buzzwords because I was interested in what you were saying, so I kind of lost my, my thread there. But I think that we, oh, I know. Um, when I was younger, I would, would have these experiences, um, uh, especially from age 18 through 35. I had these divinely directed experiences. One in particular, I was going to sleep one night, this was about 1981 or 82, and this being took me, uh, psychic like my spirit, into this big room. And it was almost like a boardroom table, and there were these beings in these big white robes, and they were just very, they had the energy of largeness. It's not like I had anything to compare them to to see if they were big or small. Like uh, one time I was very young and I was taken to this planet with a mushroom growing out of it. And I was asking, is that a really big mushroom or a really tiny planet? Because I was taken out of the realm of re re relativity. Uh -huh. Do you see? And I was trying to orient myself. Well, same with this. I didn't know if these beings were large or what. And I sat down at the opposite end of the head person at the table. I was sitting there and I was kind of scared because I, I had a lot of uh, out of body that were very tangible, more real than physical reality and I didn't know if I was in trouble or whatever. And so I sat there and they were reviewing a lot of my choices that I had made and things like that. And I brought back uh, somewhere I have the writing from that whole experience. And what I realized is many of my experiences up until a certain period in my life were directed by the divine. They were divinely orchestrated. I've had those experiences since I was a child and I even have things I've written when I was very young about some mm -hmm. of these experiences. Mm -hmm. And then there came a time where I started directing them myself instead of them being directed by the divine where I just was there, I was falling asleep, and all of a sudden I was on this journey, much like dreams are. Mm -hmm. And then there comes a time when you become a conscious, lucid dreamer, where you start directing your dreams. And I really think that when you leave it up to the divine to direct, you can go places you've never dreamed of. If you direct them, it's only, it's limited to what you can imagine, you know, or, or that. Oh, very that profound. kind of realm. Mm -hmm. And I realize that that's a lot about our spirituality now. That we are taking, I am creator of my reality. And I know mm -hmm. we teach that. We've taught that for 16 years, okay? Mm -hmm. 
uh, every week for 16 years, those concepts. But I'm starting to think maybe we ought to give up some of the control in our spiritual journeying. And I'm not talking about surrendering and taking no responsibility for self, but letting spirit direct your teachings uh, because those were very powerful things I learned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you that that's, um, uh, you know, because no one answer is always correct. Mm -hmm. No two answers are always correct either. Sure they are. <laughs> so the movement forward, I quite agree. So we had um, uh, decided that today would be a day of miracles when we, uh, you know, became conscious again and remembered uh, to make such a thing happen. And I've been watching things in a certain way. And uh, I've got to agree, it's uh, having a very positive effect on things. And I think that was one of the miracles there, is to give up the rigidity. Uh, anything that's rigid is not going to last. Anything that's rigid must, by its own nature, dissolve. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, a lot can be a lot can be done. It's a it's a state of receptivity and allowing, mm -hmm. and trust that there is an aspect of us and a force that is larger. Florence Shin talks about all suffering is really. She doesn't say it like this, but this is a paraphrase by me that everything we go through that we deem painful is because we are believing in two powers instead mm -hmm. of one power. Right. And it's like what we say, believing in good and evil and right and wrong as opposed to just one thing, mm -hmm. the yin-yang, complete, you know. Well, there's a lot less resistance when there's one thing. Once there's two, there has to be resistance. Mm -hmm. One has to resist the other. But if it's all one thing, there's no resistance because there's nothing to resist against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the <coughs> havoc ensues around resistance every time. Resistance is always because of an attachment to an outcome. And yet resistance is our great friend because uh, um, traction is a form of resistance. Mm -hmm. And without it, you couldn't walk. So it's a real bind resistance. It's necessary to live in a 3D body. It's necessary. It's an essential, resistance is an essential part of free will. Hmm. You know, in order to choose to do this, I have to resist every other thing that could happen. So you are constantly in a state of resistance, yet resistance seems to provide us with um, uh, irretractable um, attachment. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a very well, interesting about, thing. Well, what about um, resistance as a state of mind as opposed to a state of physics? Mm -hmm. um, perhaps the resistance in physics is actually a cooperation of two forces to create a larger goal, oh, which well we put. resist. Yeah. And then the resistance in the state of mind is an obstinance of two forces not working together for a larger goal. It's very obstinate, uh, observ observationist. <laughs> obstinate of, of me? Yeah, obstinate. Uh, instead of observation, obstinate observation. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. I got the brain to work. I'm so proud. Yay. That gives me something brain. to do. Good brain. Yeah. Good that's, brain. That's another very... Uh, well, <laughs> I'll just tell that real quick because yeah, I think please. it's a good, good thing. I was going somewhere in which I really required my camera. That was one of the reasons I was going. And I almost left without my camera, and it would have been a long drive to come back. 
And I remembered before I left the house as I was walking out the door and I ran up the stairs to get it and I was going, oh, good brain, good brain, you remembered, such a good brain. And I felt my head, even when I said it now, get very excited, like it just was alive. And mm -hmm. I realized how much we were, oh man, I forgot that. Oh geez, how smart was that? We're constantly disparaging our brain. So yeah. everybody say now, good brain, good, good brain. brain. I'm so good proud brain. of you. Yeah, You're yeah. such a good brain. Yeah. It I feels remember, good. It's high, it gets you higher than any drug. Yeah, I remember one time we had um, a contractor in the house to install some plumbing or other. And he goes, look at this box. I look at the box and you know, the part number's on it, but it's a different part in the box. And he goes, well, I gotta go. So I didn't, you know, I decided to go with him to the uh, local hardware store. And we get in his truck, and the entire dashboard is covered with post-its, okay? It's like snowing post-its in this guy's truck. And I go, what's with that? And he goes, oh, these are things I have to do. And I go, well, you know, you are setting yourself up for uh, catastrophic memory failure here because you've externalized Well, your, now he is, yeah, <laughs> for but, sure. Yeah, but that, that, that becomes the yeah. externalization of what would be internal. But, um, well, I see your point. Yeah. I see your point, but you know, on the other, by the same token, I, I mm -hmm. get your point. I'm not yeah, no, evaluating that at all because we have to trust our brain and say good mm -hmm. brain, which is your point. I, I think that's well taken. I find that I have so many things going on at the same time at any given time throughout my whole life mm -hmm. that if I write it down, it frees up RAM in my head and then I can process it easier. So sometimes writing it down clears out random access memory so that you can just process your reality. When you have a lot of things, mm -hmm. then you're not using up all your space in your brain. Eggs, bread, milk, butter. Eggs, bread, milk, butter, when you're trying to remember it in your head as you're walking to the store. Or driving, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you read my mind yet again. I was, uh, when you said RAM, I went, oh, random access. I knew M was memory, random acquisition. I think my brain was thinking at the time. Uh, it doesn't matter, but yeah, no, there's a definite telepathic and the name of the show, right? Yeah. Uh, communication, and this goes on with the audience. And I'd heard someone uh, ask a question earlier on, which I've forgotten already in the audience, which I meant to mention, but it slipped by, about, uh, doesn't matter. But a lot of, I physically call in, by the way, as you know, this is a live call-in show. And if you have a question or a comment, you'd be very welcome uh, to give us a call and we can answer your question or comment on your comment. But uh, do realize you have the faculty, otherwise we will kind of pick it up. But, uh, and it does kind of steer the story, story uh, steer the show. But you're very welcome to give us a call so that um, we can get a clear uh, message back to you. Mm -hmm. But then again, you do know who you are at least in theory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some of the other stories of in between lives, I remember early on when I was doing readings for someone, mm -hmm. a young girl came and her father appeared. And at first, it, this is a good lesson, something I teach in psychic development, which mm -hmm. um, later in, uh, in a month, like later in the summer, early fall, I'm going to be teaching the psychic development series 
parts one, two, three, four. Oh my God. So people, if you're interested, um, I haven't done that in quite some time, so yeah. if you're interested. Anyway, one of the things that, that we all know in an intuition is to trust and validate everything you receive mm -hmm. and deliver it in its pure, pristine impression form rather than it's in, in its interpretation because it's really up to the other person to interpret it. And uh, so I almost didn't say it, but thankfully I did. I saw uh, she was wanting to connect with her father and I saw a man in a top coat I'm a top hat and coat, top coat, uh, sort of like from the 1800s. So I said, well, that's what I see. And that was very meaningful to her because her father wore that as a costume in certain things that he did and he loved that, that outfit and yeah. he wore it all the time. I spent, uh, this was probably 15 years ago, I spent a good portion of time in meditation where he came and taught me a lot about the overview of the afterlife and the, the mapping after mm -hmm. you depart your incarnation. And of course, it's very unique and different to everyone and we get, uh, f uh, we free ourselves from our own prisons and uh, progress through that at our own uh, pace and for our own purpose. But mm -hmm. he showed me this place that that we all kind of find each other, find ourselves in, and it's not really a location as much as a state mm -hmm. that, that we're in. And once we realize what happened, and we go through our initial emotion, you know, there are a lot of choices to step forward and to connect with that larger part of us that knows where we're headed next. Yeah, and there are even greater parts than us. At mm -hmm. least I've noticed uh, that. Um, in an unbelievably loving and kind way, wish to very gently guide, mm -hmm. uh, but are a very positive influence. Yeah. One of the things we could say is that uh, the group, we go through in groups. You know, if you know someone that's one of your group members, um, you, if it's somebody who's not your, you might see them on a subway, but there'd be no eye contact or, you know, stuff like that. There are a lot of groups here that don't, you know, it's not, in a way, we're all one group, mm. okay, without a doubt. But specific soul groups go through together where they incarnate in the same times, uh, playing a, an assortment of roles. Uh, the same <coughs> group that was a platoon could come back as a factory where the, uh, whoever was in charge of the platoon is the CEO and uh, all the way right down to the production line, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, only one time you'll be in one place, another time you'll be in another place, even though they'll, they'll you know, the, so the, <coughs> the play that the group puts on once they've decided the play and once everybody's decided their role and once everybody's done rehearsing, then the group parachutes back into, um, 3D, we don't leave all at once though, you know, so mm -hmm. it takes a while for the group to recollect. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes we actually do. I remember reading this mm -hmm. from, um, I think Edgar Casey and as well as Seth talked about uh, that there are groups that die for certain causes that will come, whether that's the Holocaust or 9-11 or all the Iraqis that passed mm -hmm. in the wartime. Um, or Iranians in, in the Iraq-Iranian war, or the Russians, or whatever it, 
whatever um, grouping mm -hmm. that they come to create social change, okay. social social awareness by dying in mass. So there mm -hmm. are those that are born in groups and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a very, very interesting thing because that's not something that in the work that I have done that I found a lot of that, but I certainly believe that and I'm aware that there are recurring things. And something else I noticed that there can be a location. There's certain spots in the world or in this country or whatever that uh, may collect certain groups of souls that tend to live a number of different lifetimes as different races of people. Mm -hmm. It might be, you know, uh, but on that same location, that same spot. And the way it was shown to me in a meditation is if you take flat pieces of paper in there or layers of some sort and they're on top of each other and every uh, once in a while there'll be a straw that drops down and connects all these and it changes and sometimes it's over a location sometimes it has to do with a people it, it harmonizes all the time with different things but that that's where there is a bleed through or a crossover and I think it's over these points that we perceive a lot of orbs or that we uh, have communication or it's what people say, oh, I, I'm picking up a lot of energies here. It, it's where these realities may be over blending. Mm -hmm. Blending's an interesting concept. I know uh, we were talking earlier in the restaurant that um, uh, one of the pictures in the introduction to our program was taken uh, on the beach um, by a fire that was made of tri um, set down triangles and then put wood, three boards that fit together as a triangle. A and stack of three boards, so it yeah. was like a... Yes, yeah, so it was a trinity in and of itself, and then we, we did uh, sacred uh, songs and so forth while we were walking around this fire and... We did a whole new moon ceremony there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the picture that the orb at the show opening mm -hmm. is from was one that I took when uh, everybody was, we were done with the ceremony. And that fire you guys built was amazing. If you picture like a log cabin, how it's yeah. interlaced, but it was a triangle interlaced with boards, you put the fire in. Mm -hmm. And then when the fire was burned out, it, it burned the boards around it. And it yeah. was quite a spectacular scene. Yeah. But it was right after that event. And I think you were talking to everybody there and um, they were so vivid and mm -hmm. I, clipped out just a few of the orbs and Miguel who uh, did the, who did the uh, introduction for us revamp on that um, mm -hmm. added those mm -hmm. yeah but um, orbs are in and of itself a program you know quite a bit yeah. about orbs the um, but well, anyhow do you remember the, no. the one where you were leading the ceremony I think it was in 2007 the the big concordance yeah and we had a big event at our place mm -hmm. and uh, there was a circle and you were leading. I think I had those on the old website, so they're probably still out there where you were doing this and one was going right into the back of your heart oh, chakra. Yeah. We have some really interesting pictures. Orbs are a fascinating item. Uh, they're not exactly between lives item because that's a whole different concept, but I've always held the uh, <clears throat> idea that orbs are points of consciousness that are completely free and not just a point of consciousness, a consciousness that um, uh, is fascinated by we humans, evidently, 
And if people are interested in something, orbs gather around it. And that particular night, uh, that particular new moon ceremony, there was an enormous amount of energy. And um, also the air was particularly wet because it was right next to the ocean. And it was uh, not exactly stormy. We had thought it might rain us out earlier in the day, but it didn't, but it was very, very moist air. And I yeah, think they, they were- Yeah, they usually do appear in moist air. Yeah. Lots of things travel on on that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I'm, I'm very left brain as well as right brain. You know, I was in mm -hmm. IT mm -hmm. for a, a number of years. I'm, I'm very analytical, but I'm also um, very right brain. And I thought at first orbs were just some kind of camera feature. And I thought, well, I'm going to seek out to prove this. And sometimes there would be things I thought, wow, and then they turned out to be something different. And other times I thought, oh, it's just a feature on the film, but it really wasn't. And one particular class in my psychic development, part four, we do spirit photography amongst many other things. And two people were take, we, we went outside into the woods as it was dusk and all assortments of cameras. We went through uh, a process to charge our cameras to receive this. Mm -hmm. So people's cameras that had not been taking orbs all of a sudden started getting orbs amongst other features, uh, mm -hmm. psychic phenomenon on the camera. But two people took a picture of the same tree standing like a triangle and they both got the exact same orb. And I have found, I've gotten them so specifically clear, like if you look at the opening roll-in, mm -hmm. the eye of it, I've had a telescope and look around as if it is an eye. Mm -hmm. And they are perception points. Absolutely. And they seem to have um, uh, an origin that we're unfamiliar with because I believe they're more or less equally throughout the entire universe uh, observing mm -hmm. and what... Well. So they have that to. Could, that could still be us from in between lives as well. <laughs> it, it, there's no limit to what that is. Yeah, I haven't that's true. formulated an opinion because I feel like there's still so much to be seen. But I do know that when people are meditating or attempting to figure out a problem, like I took one series of pictures where the orb was here, someone was trying to figure out how to operate a camera a number of years ago. Uh -huh. And the second picture was here, the third, and then it was right here. And the minute I took that picture, he figured it out, like right when the orb got right here. Huh. So I don't know, I, I, my mind is very open. It could be mm -hmm. so many different things. But now let me ask you this. I know th that you have taken people into in-between lives. What, what is, um, what are, what are, is there anything common that you have noticed that people share that, uh, that they had a realization. I know there's usually a life review where they come mm -hmm. to some higher conclusions about their life, mm -hmm. like uh, perspectives and things like that. What is common is everyone is greeted. You don't necessarily know the person that greets you. Uh, when I was between physically between lives, I was greeted by an angel that uh, apparently practiced Sekim as he pulled a piece of sky made into a ball and threw it at me, hit me in the chest and calmed me greatly. In fact, I'm sure I've explained that, maybe not. Uh, I was, uh, once I was dead, uh, no tunnel, I was just in a room with this angel, no borders on the room, just presence of the angel. And the angel was reading a book and I began the guilty dance and the angel closed the book and uh, 
guilty dance is where you talk about what it is you could have done in your life. Uh, you know, <laughs> all the things I could have done, all the talent I had. And, um, and he just uh, balled together a piece of sky, Sekim, blue, and pitches it at me. And uh, for years I played the game. Most people would guess it hit me in the third eye. But finally, people now realize, commonly realize it hit in the heart. And it calmed me down, and I stopped the guilty dance. And then he began to explain what was going on, you know, once I was calm enough to hear it. And that's a particular between lives, uh, which I've told so many times. Uh, but uh, generally, you're going to be greeted and then led to your theater group, the group of people that uh, you incarnate with. And then it's like coming home. It's your family all over again. There's nobody. Uh, Pardon me. There's nobody absent. They're all there. Uh, even if they're still incarnate and you aren't, there's. And it's a very heartwarming thing to have happen. And then there's a bunch of games played as a general rule, like children playing games where there's uh, nothing but fun. You know, it's just all fun. There was. Uh, uh, it'll just depend, and then um, there's uh, reveals, um, revelations, revealing. And so um, uh, the boy to put your pigtails in the ink, that's back a few hundred years, so it's safe to speak. <laughs> you know, won't <laughs> reference anyone in this time slot. Well, you see why he did it. It's because he has absolutely no skills whatsoever in communication with a woman. <laughs> None. That was the only thing he could do is, oh, look, you have ponytails I don't hear. I put it in ink. Aren't you proud of me? And would be, and the little girl is going, oh, God, you know, what is this? I have to get away from this guy immediately. And it's just talking about Is that the, where the poor communication between the male and the female began? That was it. When was that, the ink well? That was the exact moment where all communication broke down between the genders. And from then on, it was just who knows what. Yeah. And uh, once in a while, it ends well. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it takes a great deal of aptitude and fortitude and well, fivitude. You know, just on that subject, I know this isn't about between lives, but really a commitment and uh, uh, of any sort, whether it's between a man and a woman or between two friends or a, an employer and employee, is about a decision to do that. If you say, I'm going to be there at 5 o'clock, you say, I make the decision to be there. You have to make all commitments for you, yeah. and you have to uphold your commitments based on you, not because mm -hmm. somebody's going to get mad at you or somebody's oh, right. going to fire you if you're late. You have to do it for you. Yeah, Honestly, exactly. we become free from enslavement the minute we do things for ourselves, and a lot of that has to do with having your own code your code of ethics, and you just stick to it. And then nobody else, there's no middleman in there. I worked at a, a company that very often would not live up to their word. They would say, yes, you'll get a raise in February, and you know all this stuff. So I hung a sign that said, a person's word is the currency of their soul. Are you passing out bad checks? I decided early on I was going to do the best I could to live up to my word. Do I do it all the time? No, because sometimes I overextend myself and I may not make it on that date, but I never take it off my list until I get to it at one point. And I've learned a lot not to put things on my list. 
that I that I'm pretty sure I can't fulfill either through time or whatever. It's a learning process, but I think that really it's not about obeying the laws of God or whatever. It's about obeying your own laws. Mm -hmm. And what are those laws? And are they laws and rules that you can feel comfortable with and can you uphold them? Yeah, that's a very clear way to put it. And I don't know that it's been that well explained. <laughs> Uh, here in the history of the human race. But then you don't resent anybody. Then you mm -hmm. don't resist anybody. Then no one is making you do anything. It's mm. all your decision to do it within yourself. That's when you're free. You don't do your homework because your mother's making you. You do your homework because in your code is, I would like to do the best I can and take advantage of getting an education or whatever that is. Then you're always doing everything for you. Well, and. Yeah. Nobody, you don't have to engage with anyone else in that process. Well, you have a very clear story to tell that illustrates that point perfectly about the, uh, I believe it was in France, a farmer had his uh, farm taken over by the Nazi occupation. Oh, th this was from um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Oh, okay. Uh, and forgive me, it really was like 1980 that I read it, or early 80s, mm -hmm. yeah. so I may, I, I'm sure I'm butchering the story, but it had something to do with that, and I'm pretty sure it was from that book. It, the, the book, of course, is extremely powerful. I highly recommend reading it. Uh, I remember one of the greatest things I ever got from books back then was something out of that when the conclusion was, that life really is, the way to get through life and to cope is God is playing solitaire with himself or herself. And that's what we're always doing in all these exchanges. So no one really loses and no one really wins. It's just a, a game with self. But ultimately, back to the story you're talking about, there was a farmer and the Nazis occupied and took them prisoner. I'm not sure if that was a Jewish family or what, but they kept them around as servants and they, they had to go sleep in their own barn and the Nazis occupied their home, took all of their things. And after the, the uh, war or whatever, someone asked him, how on earth did you cope with that? He said, I had two choices. I could see them as taking these things from me or they were my honored guests that I would be very grateful yeah, to serve them. There it is. And so that was a great catalyst in them surviving mm -hmm. mentally and physically, I think, yeah. and psychologically and emotionally. And it is, as you were saying, God playing solitaire with himself. Yeah. Only you happen to be involved. Yeah. Yeah, but that is uh, actually one of the more brilliant things I've ever heard. Well, one of the ways I coped, I've had uh, some extreme times in my life, as I'm sure we all have, but. I coped in that, what if I made this, what if I chose this? Like what if this traffic jam was something I chose? What if this job and this situation for some higher purpose? Like what if this was really what I want? I remember driving around the Beltway in traffic many years ago saying, I came up with this chant, if you can't have what you want, try wanting what you have. If you mm -hmm. can't have what you want, try wanting what you have. And it, triggered me into one morning I woke up and just pretended that like that past life or that parallel life of mine, what if this was exactly what I asked for? Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gratitude is what you seek. It's not the thing. It's the thing that brings gratitude. That's the feeling you're seeking. You can do it right now. Yeah. And I believe it's time for our um, duck to wing his way on the stage. And here's, and here's Mike who's, yeah, there we go. 
There we go. All right. Let loose the duck. Born free, as free as, as, as a the duck wind. can be. <laughs> Start too low. Remember that your timing is always perfect. Relax and enjoy the ride. Ah, I got two. All right, so just one and second. And these are Mary's magical message cards. Yeah. It's a deck, my most recent deck. There's 97 cards in the deck. And they're all beautiful. Remember, you can choose how you feel and how you react to situations in your life. You're the master of yourself. Uh, second one is trust your heart's knowing right now. Seek the deep counsel of your own experience. Very good. Yeah, that's an Great. excellent deck. Ducky. Bye-bye, duck. Thank you, Doc. Well, All they're right. based on my scrolls that I mm -hmm. give people. Yeah, which are an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. I wonder if anyone in the audience has a scroll. Mm. They might want to call in and read the scroll. Just an that interesting would be fun. thought. That it would. Be fun. Wouldn't that be an in excellent feedback? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would. So. Well, you know, this whole idea of being between lives, uh, these places where we figure things out, where we figure out what we've learned, we've processed, we absorb that wisdom from that mm -hmm. life and mm -hmm. make decisions on what we wish to do next. All of that is interpreted through our linear uh, view of things, but it really is a time of vast expansion. Oh, it's yeah. like we come down here and gather experiences mm -hmm. and that's where we plant them and they flower. And digest. And we and inhale become. the beautiful yeah. aroma. And then the wisdom. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, do we ha by the way, this is the time where you may call in to ask a question or get a reading. So please do so if okay. you are interested. Well, you can call in all during the show to ask a question. Yeah. And, this and is you're certainly free to ask a question now too, but this would be the time for the readings, yeah. which we don't have to do. By uh, speaking of which, there's the experience, writing it to memory, the knowledge of it, the wisdom, which yields the evolution, which is a mnemonic of five, and that's the system, and that you may pass uh, before the <laughs> evolution arrives, theoretically not, but uh, it, it does arrive, mm -hmm. even if you put in the work, and yeah. uh, then pass before you get the evolution up online. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's really the story of every emotional processing, too. Mm -hmm. One of the, uh, it's interesting that you would come up with that five-step thing yeah. um, uh, because one of the ways I describe emotional healing is that usually we have an experience it comes in we process it it gets converted to wisdom and then we change or we grow oh, good. and that when we have an event that's too big we have the experience it gets lodged and never gets processed so we can't get the wisdom from it so we create another event can't get the wisdom from it, we create another and another, and by this time we're getting very triggered by things that we don't understand, and that whole circuit is laden with these unprocessed experiences, and that's one of the things that I assist people with through tapping and other methods, is mm -hmm. to find those circuits and to clear them. That's very simplistically put, but well, converting well put. then the experience to wisdom, which creates mm -hmm. a cognitive shift which is the manifestation of change. Mm -hmm. Well, how about... Um, a reading? Uh, yeah. Let me see. What is my... If it's for me? Sure. Since there's no one's calling in. Okay, so what is my next uh, evolutionary step? Okay. What is my next growth? However we put that. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, 
so the first card, I guess we haven't clued, clued people in as to what we're doing. We're doing... The first card is New Vision. This person is walking around, you can barely see it, kind of um, mm -hmm. walking on hands and knees, nose to the grindstone, survival, and then they stand up and they see this world all around them, and then they, they notice the infinite sky that just goes on and on forever. Oh, the stars. And so it's, you're noticing your connection to a larger vastness. And just when you said the word stars, I think this really is about getting your galactic history, which, you know, Let's I've been that. a champion uh, yes. of all of your things that you, you do. I, I really feel like I'm the, the nagging uh, no, 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 light no. fire under your feet for no, you to we produce. Will, I, I, we will produce. I lit that fire for the hidden language codes you because did. I really believe in what you have to say. Thank you. And I think that the galactic history is we a great the, one to be we'll next. We'll put that out. Also, the dream. This card is interesting. It shows a woman dreaming of her life will be happy when Prince Charming comes or when this comes. And I think we do have these dreams that we think that these things that looked fulfilling in our youth are still out there as these white whales that we must ca capture and conquer. But when we get them, we realize it's a dream of the past and that uh, I was like, uh, like Cinderella here, just sitting there dreaming of something instead of going out there and seeing what's alive in her, in her life today. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps it's saying maybe some old dreams uh, revive them, look at them, set them down, oh, that's really and good. Uh, create the new reality, and leave leave some of the dreams, um, like crystallize them or let them go, and then beyond illusion. So you've got a lot of this new stuff coming in. Beyond illusion is the mind, the known mind, the things that we know are really the illusion. The things that we don't know or we haven't really pulled down is the reality. And so whatever we think we know locks us in a box. So yeah. maybe relook at some of the things known. Very well said. Now pull a card for your oh, for chakra, my chakra affirmation. affirmation. And we could do that uh, very same thing for you perhaps, just a thought. Okay. All right, and so my chakra affirmation is third eye chakra. I see into the hall of records of uh, Hall of record of all that has been, is, or will be. That'll That's keep great. me busy. Yeah, and if people would like a reading, the number is 571-749-1166. Uh, and so I'll say that again, if you would like to write that down. 571-749-1166. Uh, we, we have a caller, and we can do that later for you if you mm -hmm. wish. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, it's Lina. Hi, Lina. Well, welcome. I, I went down and got my scroll, two of my scrolls that I have on my kitchen. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, thank you. And one of them is observe your life from the state of allowing. This state of non-resistance will bring you many insights. Excellent. That's what you were talking about. Wonderful. And the second one is your body is being upgraded to a new vibrational frequency. Be patient as more energy comes to you. Oh, wonderful. Well, nice. thank you. And yeah. both of them are. It's funny, the days that I choose to see them again, 
are just the days that I need to hear the message on them. Oh, That's what's so brilliant so about wonderful. your scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, a good job on displaying them that way. Yeah, uh, yeah thank I, you. I need things in front of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place for them to be, I tell you. It is. Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It, it's like if they're in front of your nose, you always have to admit that you nose them. Nothing like nosing around. Like Jimmy Durante. Yes. And, um, uh, yes, did you wish to? Uh, four minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I believe this is only the second time that we have, oh, we do have a call. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, good evening, it's Marilyn. How are you guys doing? Hey, great, Marilyn, good. how are you? Yeah. Long time to see you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Summer seems to be flying by. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying uh, the show. You guys look great, and I wondered if I could get a reading. Sure, thank you for calling in. And thank you for not making this the, the second, I think second or third time ever that we didn't have a reading call in. So, but, but Lina was. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first um, card is talking about source. When we forget our source, we find ourselves scrambling for resources. And one of the things that this is saying about you is you really are a powerful manifester. And I know this to be true about you just from uh, my knowing of your energy. <clears throat> and so don't forget that because whatever you are looking for right now, you can have. And sometimes we forget that because the world tries to push our buttons and it causes us to tense up and forget that and we enter into a debate in our mind like these clouds fighting represented. Uh, but sometimes it, it's saying that even if we're in that debate with ourselves or someone else, there's a time to just set the armor down and be in that state of receptivity to bring that allowing back into your life. And and this is going to help you to clear some of the self-judgment and everything. I just feel like there was a cloud, a, a block or a stagnant sea, I don't know if that's a word, that is getting ready to clear, like if you had a clog in a pipe and it just moved forward and things started flowing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like you're going to be hearing from people, things are going to be connecting and almost like a job situation too. Excellent. So thank you. Thank you yeah, very excellent. much. And did you want to pull a chakra affirmation real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, if you're Before, still there. I know we're down to two minutes, so. Okay. Pardon me. And this is the crown chakra. I'm always aware of my higher self's direction and insight. Beautiful. Excellent, yeah. So we've um, been doing this work for. I didn't know if. Uh, oh. I guess it's too late. Okay. No, we can do that. So this we've been. I'm just going to hold the card up doing this work much longer than the show has been in existence. You've had um, uh, who knows how many years. I don't even know when I began. I think I was very young. I was Before I was shot, I was teaching palmistry. Went all the way back. I remember going to, uh, anyhow, and you've had an enormous history. I, I really have had these experiences since I was a child. I yeah. did readings with playing cards and mm -hmm. various things, elementary school, things yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. I asked for the I Ching when I was eight years old, I asked mm -hmm. for my birthday, mm -hmm. and I got it. And somewhere I still have that yellowed old copy. Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out how to do yarrow sticks at the time. Oh, well, they were just... I was just only eight. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they've since simplified the techniques. Yeah, the coins. Yeah. yeah, I do know how to do and, that. Uh, yeah, all of this, the uh, between the lives, yeah. all of these are uh, well, permutations. Yeah, the work are, you do now is... Uh, I know we're getting the signal here that we're getting low, yeah. but check out the website, telepathictv.com. You can mm -hmm. look at archive shows. You can mm -hmm. get us on iTunes on podcasting, telepathic mm -hmm. TV, the audio. Yeah. Yeah. of the show and yeah. there are meditations there's mm -hmm. Neville's art his copper my decks you can play and give yourself readings mm -hmm. telepathictv.com yeah and the older you are at this the better you are at it yeah Thank you.